0: Welcome to the 501 Companion Podcast. This is episode number six, and we have some fun sixes for you today. There are six strings on a guitar, and there are lots of great things that come in sixes beer, Bottles of soda, and for some inexplicable reason, hamburger buns. In pop culture, we have the Sixth Sense movie, Trisha Health First character, Six slash Caprica in Battlestar Galactor, and of course, Spider Man's villains in The Sinister Six. So roll a dice on Six and check out nick Six Pack as we cue the music. Well, oh, there you go. Boy, this is going to be a big six. You know why it's going to be a big six, guys? Because we are ready to rock. We've gotten our rhythm down. We've got some great topics. And we're going to continue on the learning journey that we started. We'll have a little bit of news. And for the first time ever, I think the news actually ties into the main topic that we'll be talking about. But first, I want to introduce you to Matt Balaam. Matt, tell them who you are and what your favorite six is. Hello. So my favorite six is a bad joke okay so why is six
1: afraid of seven why of seven eight nine all right anyway that kills with the kids i love that one all right anyway so hi i am matt i am your stand-up comedian and digital marketer been in the digital marketing and technology space for a little over 20 years now and i like to bring that expertise to all our
0: charities out there I love it. And Matt, I'm going to have us now introduce Nick. Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell them why six is an awesome number.
2: Six is an awesome number because it's six o'clock somewhere. One of my favorite mm. phrases. And I'm your technology guy. So Matt's your uh, marketing guy. I'm your tech, tech guru.
0: I like it, Nick. I like that it's six o'clock somewhere. Excuse me. And my name is Buddy Scalera, and I just coughed in my microphone. Hopefully, I'll delete that before the actual show. Um, But I am your content strategist and your host for the 501 Companion Podcast. And this week, we have an amazing topic um, by somebody who we actually know. The New York Times uh, had... uh, published an article about charities just recently, and I thought it was amazing. And it was uh, titled uh, raising money for a nonprofit, try a personalized approach. And I thought it was really interesting, not just because um, our friend Joe Polizzi on it, but because they talked a little bit about purpose and mission. And I know you're gonna be talking about and unpacking that a little bit today, Matt, but I wanted to stress, That the idea that was put forth uh, was really compelling, which was a charity is here for a reason, and you have to fulfill the mission of the reason, and this uh, article really unpacked the fact that these days people who are donors, people just like us who donate to a charity don't want to see it go to a black tie affair. Uh, That's in the movies. That's not in real life. And we want to see that money go to uh, the purpose and mission of the charity. So, Nick, can you go first? Can you just talk a little bit about what you saw in that article uh, that resonated with you?
2: Yeah, buddy. On my first read, you know… I, I it made total sense makes total sense you don't want to throw away money and things like the black tie affairs the galas that he spoke about things like you haven't mentioned yet i don't think is the uh the glossy uh annual reports that come out uh makes sense you don't want to throw uh, donors money, money away on my second read i thought about the galas and there was a couple of instances in the article where a few people found A charity by knowing about the gala. So on the other hand, I was thinking about is there some benefit to something like that? Maybe it's not a gala, but maybe it's something like it. So I kind of had, you know, maybe playing devil's advocate a bit, you know, is it completely uh, a waste? I'm not sure. But I think
0: question. that's a great point, Nick. Good I thought. think it, it is a good thought, and it and it it depends on who the donors are. And I think you know, uh, a donor base that is very austere and does uh, does not want to see that gala um, may not be attracted to that. But perhaps big, very wealthy donors, that's maybe how they get into it, right? Maybe they do go to black tie affairs just because you and I don't, and Matt does, doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> that nobody goes. Matt, um, as, as our black tie uh, debutante, yes. uh, what was your, what was your read on this, uh, this piece?
1: It looked, you know, a lot like uh, what you would see in Batman with Bruce Wayne, you know, throwing a, a charity affair there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but seriously, my take on it was, I mean, I mean—I brought it right back to the topic today. It couldn't have been more on point about, you know, the last few weeks we've been discussing the importance to a strategy, the importance to a mission, uh, and the importance of not just having them, but using them you know when you are outside the 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 nonprofit area in in corporations you're driven by commerce revenue maximizing shareholder value business plans but when you enter the nonprofit space by definition you're mission driven right and 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 you know y- you have to be able to convey that mission and think about the things that you do and how they further that mission. And so the question that I can see from this article that Joe was asking himself is, how does this gala further that mission? I get how it raises money to further the mission, but how does it further the mission? Is there something else? Because Joe, you know, he's he's a content marketer. He's very much in touch with understanding the audience understanding the story understanding what things align and so i can see how that immediately struck him as not aligned to the mission and so and you know I, i i i think that that struck me because that's what we've been talking about right how to generate a mission how to generate a vision how to generate a strategy and then how to bounce those things up against that and how to
0: communicate your mission
1: not just in words but in what you do
0: So, guys, it looks like we're already segueing into the topic of the the week. And uh, let's just let's close this out by saying that this article will be linked in the show notes. Um, It is a good read. Um, Nick, I, you know, I read it on surface. I think you brought up a great point, which is um, the gala may be the thing, the hook that attracts the big donor. Uh, So I think we have to be mindful that, you know, not all donors are the same and not all charities are the same. And that is my segue into the learning journey that matt has been taking us on uh, matt could you just briefly tell us where we are in the learning journey uh we're on now episode six so they sure. um, they can go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes where are we now and where are we going tonight
1: Okay, so where are we
0: now? Um, well, two two weeks ago, we started discussing
1: this high level vision and mission, as I covered, and, and last week we discussed what is marketing versus advertising and sales, and, and today we're going to start to compare tactics and strategy and bring begin our journey to building journeys. Mm-hmm. Right. So where I wanted to start today is is, buddy. You and I have been talking the last couple of days, right? <laughs> On of what I think is a very important topic that I think a lot of our listeners and, and watchers may have, and that's asking this question: like, what are we doing? How does this relate to me? How does this relate to what I'm doing? Like, what, we talk about vision, we talk about mission, but a lot of people, and, and this is the, our conversation, want to get right to the tactic. What can I do? All right. So maybe I thought I'd start with the difference between tactics and strategy. What do you think?
0: I think it's great. I think because um, since we talked about this in advance, I have a sense of where you're going to go, but I do think for the listeners uh, who are involved with charities, they may not be familiar with some of these marketing concepts. Yeah. So it, 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 w- What Matt's committed to do is to talk about these high concept marketing ideas, but then drill it down into what that means for you, particularly if you're organizing a charity or contributing or just are interested in charities in the same way we are. So Matt, I think it's great. Strategy and tactics. Give it to us.
1: Okay. So in in my mind, right, having been in marketing for 20 plus years at this point, one of the most common mistakes is getting strategy and tactics confused. And we had defined them above, right? I mean, tactics are short-term. They help you get through a strategy. And strategy is an overall kind of journey to get you to your vision, your mission, your objective, and multiple strategies can add up. But, you know, so often I'll get in the room or I'm consulting or I'm working on a brand or I'm working for an agency or I'm working whatever I'm doing. I'll get in and people come in with things that they want to do. I want to have a social presence. I want I want to have, have a podcast,
0: right? They're like Why? I want to I want to have a podcast and you go how does it fit in, right? Why? Why? Right? Right.
1: Right? That's the question. That is the question. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I, I want to go tactical. They come in with an idea of tactical idea of how I'm going to I want to skip the strategy, go right to the way of achieving a strategy. But when you put tactics before strategies, you're going to start to feel that strategies are useless, that the discussions that we are having are pointless. Because what you're doing now is you're going to craft your strategy to justify your tactic. Right. So I want to create a podcast. Why? Well, because I think, you know, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I build a strategy around justifying that. Right. As opposed to saying, well, let me start with what I want to accomplish my mission, my organization's vision what I'm trying to achieve and how can we best do that? Well, you know, we started with Nick and, and the 501c3lookup.org website. We said, what, what value do the people who use this site, what could they use? What could they be looking for? What value can we offer them, right? You get into um, good to great, fantastic book, right? Jim Collins, Where? Do, what's that Venn diagram of what we're good at, what they're looking for you know, what we can achieve. What are these things that we can do? And it crosses at the information that Buddy, you as a content marketer, Nick as a technologist, me as a marketer, us in this channel of podcasting and video casting can communicate those things effectively. And ultimately, we didn't start off saying, I want to do this, what can I do? We said, I I want to convey this information to people that we feel, we all felt, you know, needed it, could use it, could help, could do some good in the world, right? And how could we best achieve that? Through this medium, with this structure, with the outline that Buddy assembles every week, right? With the research now, that Nick
0: goes. Going back to Nick, who we should acknowledge to the listeners, Nick built the website that this mm-hmm. podcast is on and it, and it is the, um, the centerpiece of uh, lookups for charities. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Nick's case, uh, Nick, you you saw a problem that needed to be solved, and then you, in your mind, you set a mission, uh, and then the website was what the tactic was. You want to just talk a little bit about that because I think Matt mentioned something that may not be familiar to a listener who who found us through a podcast listening to, uh, app.
2: Yeah, I mean. Uh- I get it. I get the, you know, speaking to Matt's uh, idea about just, I want to start a podcast. You know, I get the that impulse to try and do something real quick. You have something, you have maybe a, uh, a skill set that you want to apply, you know, and Mm -hmm. maybe that skill set is looking for a a problem to solve. So it's kind of the reverse. You have to, you know, I get it. You have to put the strategy first. What's, what's the mission Uh, for me. I mean, I did it, buddy. I I, I I had a charity. I had a nonprofit that I was working for and I had to get them. Um, I tried to at least publicize what they were doing. And I really didn't have a way to promote them. And I was looking for ways to use my background in technology to see yes. what can I do to help them. And I researched a little bit. I saw that there were, uh, the IRS provided databases and tables with uh, all kinds of IRS data, uh, nonprofit data. And I said, you know what, this is a good way, a foot in the, get my foot in the door. I can apply my technology and I can try and help them uh, promote their nonprofit at the same time. So that's kind of how it started. So I kind of did follow a little bit, maybe Matt, I could probably done a better job, but I kind of did follow that.
1: How would it take longer? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well, but I, I, th- th- I think that I think the key thing is uh, you know once you have a mission statement for your charity and hopefully you do then that helps shape the strategy right
1: absolutely I mean you know your your mission is is so core I mean before we even started this, we were getting together every week for several weeks, you know looking at it, revising it workshopping it for different ways, different perspective, different parts of the mission, different parts of the resources and things we have till we came up with, with this, this concept and this execution. Right. And so, you know, what, what I really wanted to do on top of it is, is, you know, note that when you're building these things, it's important to craft like we did in, in workshopping to craft exercises that remove your personal bias, right. To remove those things that you want to do or think that you should do right and instead you know also I mean you got to be careful too you talk to a vendor you know you you you, you talk to an email vendor you know what you need You you talk to a social media expert you know what you need
0: Twitter strategy.
1: That's right. You know, and so, you know, you have to be careful because people also are coming at you with their biases of what they believe you should do. But only you, only you and your organization know where you stand, what you've tried, what you've done, what you're doing already, how those things play together. And so you wanna try and remove the bias of those things because you gotta get from what you think you can do, what you should do, what you wanna do, and get to what's right for the organization. And I'm just gonna bring it back to this article with Joe, right? You know, I think that's what he noticed right? Is people weren't, cause he's such a con, like he's such a thinker, right? We've, we've mm. all talked to him, been in the room, played cards. Like he said, he, 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 he intuitively gets content marketing and marketing in that bringing those things together about, does this make sense for the brand? <laughs> you know? And so he, and I, I can see, I can almost feel him being uncomfortable in those situations where he sees some, the brand doing something that's not right for the brand. And then for something as important as his cause, you can't, you can't yes it. You can't say I'm okay with this. You have to say, I want to move Mike. He, at that point, he's so mission driven. Remember, it's not a business. It's not shareholders. It's mission driven. He wants to accomplish a mission. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to start my own thing right? I'm gonna do it the way I think it should be done and so one exercise I want to leave people with unless you have a comment on that I don't want to mile
0: well on. I think the I think the the, the big comment was that uh, Joe had a mission and and we're familiar with his uh, charity which is the orange effect, orange uh, it's effect for, for, for young people with autism uh, to help them with speech therapy um, and and he knew what he wanted to accomplish that is his mission was to get learning and teaching resources uh, to people who needed it most, and that meant he had to raise money, and that started to drive what the tactical executions were. And, um, you know, from somebody I have donated to his charity, because I just Mm -hmm. think it's a great charity, um, because he makes it personal. It's about his son. Right to him, it's deeply personal. It's not just a thing that he does. It's deeply personal. So, uh, I think that drove his strategy of, you know, good, solid Midwestern values, hard worker, and I think that was where he his his strategy came out of his personality.
1: And we're gonna make a couple of links here. So, in previous um, episodes, we talked about things like Charity Navigator right? And what they do, they look at the books and they give you a rating about these things. You're mission driven. It's not like a shareholder that you can't look at a stock value or dividends to decide if you're doing it right. So what comes about who fills this gap? Charity Navigator. They say, we're going to look at these 30 some odd metrics and determine how efficient you are, how transparent you are. You know what do you you know that, those kind of things, and so you know that fills that gap of helping maintain that mission again something with, that that Joe Joe works on,
0: right? Uh, so yeah, that was great, Matt. Um, yeah, keep going. I, you'd said any other comments, and that was just my
1: yeah. Keep going. What else you got, Nick? Anything? No, you're on a roll, Matt. Let's you're keep on a roll. Going. Keep going. <laughs> All and right, you we'll keep, keep rolling.
0: rolling. You, keep, you keep rolling.
1: Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us a quick exercise for us and our users that we can always apply. This is something that I like to do, and I'm, I'm going to caveat this with there's some really great books out Are there. There one not even one hand? No, it's not next to me. It's almost always next to me. It's probably in my bag or under my desk. It's a, a book called The Memory Jogger. It's fantastic. It's a little book about yay big. I keep it with me. It's in my bag 100% of the time because this has exercises in it for what you're trying to do. One of the exercises I'm going to share with you today is called the five whys. And now I've adapted the five whys because typically this is to get to the root of something. And it's so simple. You just ask why. Okay. I want to build a website. Why? There we go. Right? So now what you can do by when you start saying why, when you're tactical, this is going to get you down to your core, to your, to your mission to what you're trying to accomplish. And so if you continually ask why, 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 you're eventually gonna get to the root of what you're trying to do. Now you can build up. Now you've gotten to that mission, to that strategy, and you can build up. And you may come back to that tactic, but you may not, Hmm. right? So the why isn't gonna get you down, and then you can build up from there. And it's just a simple exercise that anybody can do at any time to help you really distill down
0: what you're trying to accomplish. So after the first why, you might say what? I want to build a website so that I have a place to share information for people who want to contribute to the charity. Okay, and why do you want to do that? Uh, Because a website with a .org URL will feel more credible.
1: Okay, but why do you want to feel credible and why do you want to have a website?
0: Well, because we want, to have people feel good about contributing money to a valid charity that reflects our mission statement.
1: Right, so now you're starting to get into things so valid, reflects our mission, so you're starting to determine what you need to do on your website, right? And why do you want to do all of that? Why do you want to provide this information at all?
0: And in the end, the reason is because I really want to be able to, if I had a charity to fulfill the mission of my charity and give Mm -hmm. as much as possible Mm -hmm. to that valid or rather worthy
1: cause. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where you're going to end up. You're going to end up in an area like that where you're going to be saying something like, well, because I've tried raising money in other ways, because I don't have time you know or money for galas or because you know it's I don't live in an area where I have direct access to those resources and I feel like online can be helpful you mm-hmm. know and and you can build okay well now you're getting to a place where you're saying what what it comes down to is I need to efficiently raise money for my charity for my cause and I think you know okay I thought a website might be that but now let me start from there and think about go do a little bit of googling what are efficient and good ways to raise money for a charity? Might not be a website. Might be my Instagram, right? So my aunt runs a charity, um, Lin's Linens. She's more about visuals because she's an interior designer, and she designs um, healing spaces for women recovering from cancers. And this is her charity, and this is what she did. She applied her 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 design specialty to, to this cause, right? But maybe a website is not right. I mean, she has a website, it's a very nice website actually. Encourage people to visit, we'll link it. But she's also a visual person, so something maybe Instagram with a giving button could help, you know, something like that. So you have to think about that and you get down to the core and you build up from there.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think it's a, it's a simple exercise. You can do it on webcams remotely, like we're doing right now, or mm-hmm. in a room together, or on a Miro board or something. It's very easy to ask five whys. Right? You can even do it in a survey.
1: You you can you can. I mean, it works best. What I find, and I'll give another tip. Right? You know, um, I've worked with you both uh, professionally before as well. You know, I I am I love whiteboards, Hmm. whiteboards, walls, whiteboard, walls, buildings, everything. If you can draw on it, love that. It's a little bit hard now during COVID, but you know, you can still work through it. And the reason I like it is because it gets people on the same page. It gets people stimulating ideas from other people. You can have two people walk away from a conversation with completely different concepts as to what (laughs) happened in that conversation. When it's on a whiteboard, it's a little harder to do. And when you can have to visualize your thoughts, other people can see them and so i love whiteboarding and so when you can get a group together you know if you can do a concept like this and start drawing boxes and arrows you know for for a why and work together as a group it's it's a it's a really it's a great i mean it's a simple game it's a it's a wonderful one to do
0: though. yeah the five whys are great and i think uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up although um nick do you also find it a little bit humorous uh that matt can't remember where he put the memory jogger book <laughs>
2: It is a little curious, but I, I, should I be ashamed to say? <laughs> I, 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 I
1: know up? where it is. It's, it's in the exact same pocket of my bag that <laughs> it always is. It's just that my bag is under my desk because we're in COVID and it's not out next to my desk where it normally is. We'll link it in the notes. We'll link it in the
0: notes. We'll raz him later. We'll make him pay for uh, all you can eat sushi when we get back together. He pays first.
1: I'm in. I, if we get out of COVID and can go out for sushi, I'm buying
0: yeah, to our listeners, we uh we or or would routinely go to either all you can eat sushi or all you can eat Indian food, right? And oh, uh, we we do we do miss our our all you can eat lunches where we would literally gain a couple anything. pounds. All you all can you eat, can eat fries was was up there, right? Oh, right! All you can eat French fries at at yeah. uh, at Fuddruckers, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what we. That's that's the thing we miss most about going out eating all you can <laughs> it's, eat it's the food. buffets. So it. yeah so i don't d- don't uh, don't don't let me throw you off matt keep going because i think you're on a roll tonight mm-hmm. and, okay. and to our listeners we we usually keep this at about 30 minutes but i think uh we're gonna let that meter run a little bit longer
1: just a little I think, bit right well, I think yeah because i don't want i don't want you to break your rhythm no, okay, so what I'm going to do is I think what we just covered is really good because I think, you know, this was a question that we that came up during the week, and it was a conversation that we had back and forth, up and down in the show notes, um, and I think it let it out in a really good place, which is this balance between being tangible and, um, you know, being um, understanding strategy, because there is no shortcut. I know a lot of people, <laughs> right, buddy? <laughs> We talked about learning to fish versus baiting the hook and casting it out there for you, you know, and I think there's an element that you need to do both right if I if I force my kids to learn to bait a hook before they catch a fish they're never going to learn because you need the excitement the payoff but at the same time you need to work through the strategies and learn what to do. So we're going to take our time and we're going to continue down through this. So we, we ended last uh, week talking a little bit about funnel versus journey. We had the funnel, which is the old traditional way to do it, right? This awareness market potential followed by interest and, and, desire or prospects, and then, um, you know, following up with action or customers. And, you know, what kind of noted is that's an old strategy because it assumes a journey, a long journey, a pathway. And the new journeys are always on, always connected, right? You don't have, you can discover at the same time you purchase, you can advocate before you buy, right? There's a lot of thing, right? I mean, think about influencers, they're advocating and never buying right you know so it's it's, it's something that was given to them for free, they're not a paying customer, right? You know, so it's, there's lots of different models. And those go back to the former models that we had discussed, B to B, B to C, and in this case, C to C, right? Customer to customer, you know, advocacy, right? So then we ended this with, uh, this this week, starting on our path to the journey. And we're going to talk a little bit about market segmentation, okay? Because when you're starting to get into a journey, we want to talk about, Who is that? What journey are you going for? And I'm gonna pause there to see if anybody has any thoughts or comments.
0: No comment other than this is not something I know about. So I'm actually not gonna be able to contribute. So you're actually gonna be teaching me something that I honestly don't know about.
1: Honestly, you do. I have worked with you for years, and this is something that you're very good at because this is oh, about understanding oh, I know everything. your audience, right? And Nick, Nick, I know because Nick runs a website with tons of data and works on data teams and is, is entirely too good at getting down to this information. So what Wikipedia defines market segmentation as is dividing a broad customer or business market- which is normally like existing and potentials, whatever, into these subgroups, okay? So you have a broad market, subgroups, and it's based on some similar characteristic. Now the key here is you get to choose what that characteristic is. Could be lifestyle, could be income, could be geographic, right? Where do you live? Could be your specialty, right? Interested in in marketing, Buddy's interested in, in comics, Nick is interested in gardening, right? So it could be some sort of specialty, some kind of role, any other parameters. Now you want to separate them into these segments. And the degrees to which you choose these parameters determines how specific your segment gets and how many of them you have and eventually what you're going to get to is you're going to choose those segments and those will be your targets those will be your target markets and we've done this before we've gone into you know i've worked with all of you on this in professional marketing settings about determining these segments understanding our customers could be language right could be country there's different rules that you need to apply and turning them into targets and understanding and starting to position your brand relative to their needs and their motivations. That's the highest level that we can get to segmentation. I think maybe we'll pause there for a minute and take some comments because segmentation has its own strategies. Starting at one giant segment we'll call mass marketing and getting down to what we'll call this truly digital of thousands or infinite segments. We'll call it N of one marketing. You, one person,
0: are a segment.
1: Okay, and so let me take a pause there and maybe we can wrap up and start with that next week
0: i think that's great matt i i think uh it, you know to your point uh i am very very smart with this and super informed and probably that was my point that what i think obviously then you then you hit a home run no i think i'm looking forward to it because as nick said earlier you know uh even with the article you know you have the segmentation of an audience that uh an, an austere message you know we are every sliver of every dime is going to the cause and that attracts one segment whereas a different segment may be you know a big big donor who donates in the millions and will appreciate being able to uh, attend an event or discover it through said event, you know, they see their neighbor, the gate buzzes open, the Lamborghini comes out and they go, where are you going? We're going to this charity. Oh, I would like to contribute as well. And that's, I'm pretty sure how Nick's charities roll as well, you know, as he pulls through in the Lambo. So yeah, I think I'm very interested in learning more about how these segments work and how uh, Nick uses his personal superpowers to drill down uh, between the Ferrari and the Lambo crowd. It's a data He is a data guy because Ferrari and Lambo people don't want to put them in the same room unless they are D- different ours. segments. Different segments, unless they're donating money to charities for a cause, right, Nick? That's what we know about them. That's right. That's right.
2: That's
1: right. And you know, just uh, a note of interest as we we you know, I hear the music coming in. We're starting to wrap up. Uh, the the some of the largest sources of giving is not large organizations or wealthy people. It's 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 common people, right? Buddy, I mean you said it earlier, you know, you've contributed to Joe's charity. You know, I've donated as well. I mean, I mean we, we're all here now as part of this, right? And and so it's actually people are the largest in the U.S. source of giving, which is, I think, fascinating, isn't it? I mean, so think more than Lambos for your segments. And maybe next week we'll get into data. Nick Nick can start to talk about some of the data that we have on 501c3lookup.org. And we, you know I can talk about some other great sources of data you can use for free to start to look at your markets, uh, look at your demographics, look at your segments, anything you want to split on at all
0: to uh, get down to your target markets. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to show up for future episodes if you call me comment again. But I uh, I will say thank you guys for joining us for episode number six of the 501 Companion Podcast. You can find us on 501clookup.org. You can find Nick Rufa on Twitter at Nick Rufa. You can find Matt Bailow on LinkedIn. His last name has a funny spelling. It's B A L O. G H, Not an easy one to spell, but if you do, you'll be rewarded. And my name is Buddy Scalera. You can find me everywhere at Buddy to Scalera. And you can also find this podcast and subscribe wherever the finest podcasts are available. We look forward to seeing you next week on the 501 Companion Podcast. Good night,